the blood. We celebrate that at the cross and what Jesus did for us. Stand with me, please, as we sing together. Glory to his name. We're down at the cross. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood of life. We're singing glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory. Bridesburg. It is good to see you back on this Sunday morning and we've come together for one purpose and that is to worship our risen Savior Jesus Christ today. For those of you joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we welcome you this morning. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Bridesburg Baptist Church. We are so glad to have you with us. For those of you joining us through Facebook Live there in the comments section, let us know that you're with us. It always means a lot to us to know who we're connecting with on any given service and so we'd love to know that you're there and we want to welcome you this morning for those of you this may be your first opportunity to be with us here in the worship center uh, we want to welcome you as well today and if you'll notice there in uh, the pew in front of you you'll find a card if you'll take that out place it 
uh, fill it out and then place it in the offering plate as you're leaving this morning out in the foyer in the, on that middle table in the foyer we appreciate that and glad to have you with us this morning a lot going on i hope that you have read your bulletin to see those things that pertain to you uh, one date that we've changed uh the the date for the brazil mission team uh, meeting is going to be on the 14th give uh, people a couple weeks to know about that uh, but that'll be on the 14th and so uh, make note of that i know some uh, may have have uh, family members that need to know about that and so let them know that we'll be meeting on the 14th and that will be an important meeting if you feel like the lord might be leading you to go with us this summer uh, you will need to be at that meeting we're going to be giving out some important information and uh, so please do try to mark your calendar and be a part of that also if you have not yet had the opportunity to bring a toy uh, for our frida harris toy drive of course those are the toys that go to eastern kentucky uh, we'd love for you to bring those in if you can't get them in today you can bring them in uh, to the office tomorrow and we'll get those but uh, we will be packing those at the associational office thursday so the deadline is is going to be the beginning of this week and so uh, if you can get those to us we appreciate it and uh, always a good opportunity to be able to work packing those if you'd like to help us on thursday over at the associational office uh, that is always a, a really joyful time also uh, it's hard to believe but we're going to be having our thanksgiving meal as a church in two weeks can you believe that uh, i'm looking forward to it i always enjoy eating uh, but uh, more importantly on that same night we're going to have the opportunity to have our packing party for operation christmas child and so um, really really excited about that and if you have noticed we also have our boxes if you're wanting to fill an individual box as a family if you're wanting to fill an individual box um, as a class or as, as for a particular ministry you're part of uh, those boxes are out in the foyer and there are still a bunch of boxes and we'd love for you to grab a few of those and and, uh, and, and take those and fill them up and always a good opportunity for us to touch children with the gospel message because more than just having some toys and some hygiene items and, and things like that it's going to be packed with the gospel message and uh, in places it would be very hard for us to go and to take the gospel uh, it, we're having the opportunity through this ministry to be able to take the gospel to not just those children but to their families as well and so uh, we really thank you for being a part of that as well uh, this morning we do have a video uh, just telling you a little bit more about operation christmas child and about the impact that it is having I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the cost, and when time has surrendered and testimony for he changed me completely a new life is mine that is why by the cross I will 
you just stand with me? We sing at the cross where we first saw the light, where the burden of our hearts rolled away. Let's sing and praise him in that. I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven 
was heard that said, let him go. Take me instead. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Crown of thorns, the spear deep in his side. And the pain, oh, it should have been mine. The rusty nails were meant for me. Oh, yet Christ took them and he let me go free. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place, and I should have been crucified, I should have suffered and died, I should have hung on the cross in disgrace, but Jesus, God's Son, took my place. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace, but Jesus, God's Son, Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Rockney, for that special music. And this morning, uh, as I was listening to the choir, I just thought about how thankful I am uh, for Brother Rockney's ministry among us and the way that he includes every aspect of our church family. Looking up there, we have everything from, from our youth to um, those who are not our youth uh, in the choir. And uh, what a blessing that is to, to, uh, to be able to, to look on our Team Kid uh, group page and, to, and hear about them getting ready for the Christmas program and then to get in the car and have my five-year-old singing it very loudly in the back. and um, 
it's, that's a blessing, church, uh, to have so many folks there that are recognizing that, that worship is not a spectator sport, uh, that, that we are to be involved, that we're to be a part of what God is doing through that, this time of worship. And if you've just come to, to see a show, then you've come for the wrong reasons. Uh, this is about us spending time with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and giving him our all. And so uh, so thankful for Brother Rockney and, and the way that he's continuing to lead in that way. This morning, as we continue, uh, we're continuing through First and Second Peter. And so today's kind of that transition message, and we're going to actually be in both books today. And so just turn to First Peter, and we'll start there. How about that? Uh, but First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 7 will be the first verse we'll look at. And so you can turn there, and then you can follow with us as we move along this morning. And this morning, we're going to be focusing on precious promises. And I'm so thankful for all the precious promises that we're going to see here in this, uh, in these, this group of texts today. So as you're turning there to 1 Peter, uh, let's go to the Lord and pray together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship. Lord, to come and to know that we can lift up our hearts and our voices to you, that we can come and we can pray and you're going to hear us and you're going to respond, Lord, that we're going to open up your word and you're going to teach us, Lord. We're so thankful that our worship is not of, of something made of our own hands, of wood, of, of stone, of metal, but Lord, that we, that we worship the one who created us, that we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and because of that, there is, there is power here, uh, Lord, because not only do we, do we spend time in worship, but Lord, we recognize that you are the very one who has taken up residence within our lives, and Lord, that's what we see here this morning, these precious promises that we have because of this relationship that we have in you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would speak. I, I know there's some that just need to be encouraged this morning. Some folks that just need a word of encouragement to recognize that there is a great promise. Lord, life is tough right now. There are a lot of folks that are struggling greatly. And, Lord, we just need to hear a good word this morning. But, Lord, also I know that I've got some friends here this morning. And I could call them out by name, but I'm not going to do that. But right now they're lost, and they need you. And they need to hear these promises as well today. And I pray that today that you would speak to them as only you can. And Lord, that they might come to know you even this morning as Savior and as Lord. So again, I pray that you might hide me behind the cross. That only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to First and Second Peter, um, just in, in these two, uh, two epistles, we see at least five different specific promises that are given to us as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, as followers of the Lord. We see at least, at least five, and I'm probably not very good at counting, uh, but there are at least five promises that I've seen as, as I've been studying. Now, when we, when we think of something precious, when we think of something precious to us, we think of something um, that, that, ha that needs to, to be watched over, something that needs to be protected, maybe something that you you put behind lock and key, but it's something dear to you. It's something that if there was a disaster, maybe there, there was a fire in your home, these are the first things that you're going to go after, that you would risk uh, harm to your own life in order to rescue these things. And so um, most of the time, these are not things, are they? Those things that are most precious to us are not things, they're people. And so for me, uh, nothing's more precious to me than my kids and, and and there's nothing more, more precious to me than my wife. And for many of you, you'd say that. It's, it's your kids, it's your grandkids, it's your spouse. 
it's those relationships that are most precious. But there are some things, um, usually because of the sentimental value that they have, uh, that are very precious to us. And so maybe for you, that's an heirloom piece of jewelry. Not just because of the jewelry, but because of, of what it represents. Um, maybe, you know, it's a, a classic car that you've been restoring. And maybe it's, you know, something you, you keep at, at, at the lockbox at the bank but in a vault behind lock and key. Maybe it's uh, something you have in a, in a storage building or a garage, but it's got a security system on it because this is precious to you. Some of, some of us know exactly what we're talking about when we talk about those precious things, though, this morning. And um, it reminds me... Of a, a few, I can't even remember what year it was, but a few years back, um, the Southern Baptist Convention was in Baltimore, and uh, you allowed Robin and I to be a part of that, and so we went to Baltimore uh, to that convention. Of course, while we were in Baltimore, we were real, real close to Washington, D.C., and so we had the opportunity to, to spend a day in Washington, D.C., and boy, did we do some walking, because we were trying to get all of Washington, D.C. in in about an afternoon. Uh, so we did everything pretty quickly, but one of the things that you always do if you go to Washington, D.C., if you're in that that National Mall area, is you go to the Smithsonian's, right? Uh, you're going to want to see the things inside of the Smithsonian's. And so we went to uh, the Smithsonian uh, for natural history. And uh, inside of that Smithsonian, uh, one of the things that you go in there to see is what? Anybody know? The Hope Diamond. That's right. And so you're, you're walking in there, and I was, I was really ready to see something, okay? Because uh, I'd heard about the Hope Diamond. And so you, you walk in, and you're basically having to look at it through really, really thick glass it, because it's inside of a vault. And so you're just seeing through this thick piece of glass that allows you to see inside of that vault. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely behind lock and key. It's got arm guards. But, folks, it's just a rock. Uh, am I wrong? It just looked like a rock to me. I was not impressed. Maybe I should have been. I'm not a woman, though. Okay, but it... It's precious to somebody, right? It's precious to somebody because it is being guarded with millions of dollars a year going in to be making sure that it's protected. Because somewhere, somebody somewhere, a lot of somebodies, consider that to be the most precious rock, stone, whatever you want to call it, in all the world. And so because they view it as precious, it is protected, and it is protected greatly as disciples of the lord jesus christ we possess that which is truly precious all the material wealth that we treasure so will one day perish won't it one day it's going to be gone and really even those people that we count to be so precious one day unless the lord raptures his church before that time one day they will perish from this earth they will die and they'll no longer be on this earth with us. Even the Hope Diamond, with all of those millions of dollars a year spent on its protection and safeguard, will one day perish. However, we have been given some very precious promises from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that will never perish and can never be taken away. And I'd like to share these precious promises with you this morning. And in order to do that, it's going to take us... Uh, two different epistles, First and Second Peter. It's going to be quite a journey, um, but I believe that it'll be worth it as, as we see five different promises this morning uh, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the first promise is this. It's the precious promises through trials. First Peter 1, 7. First Peter 1, 7. 
that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found as the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that the trials of life are a precious thing. That trials themselves for the believer are a precious thing. We may look at the valley that we are faced to walk through, to, to navigate at this particular part of our life and think that our lives having to go through such, such heartbreak and, and, and trial and, and difficulty that it's just a horrible thing. And yet Peter tells us that trials have a way of actually helping us. Note that Peter refers to the refining process that is used in order to purify gold. And we've, we've talked about this before. Um, but whenever gold is, is, is mined, whenever it's brought out of the earth, it's got quite a bit of dirt and grime and, and, and muck around it. It's, it's, not, it's not pure yet because it has all that which was in the earth with it. And so in order to make that purified gold, in order for it to, to, to be uh, as precious as it can possibly be, to be made into jewelry or, or today, you know, it's a lot of times that's, it's, it's uh, made into uh, that, that small little film in order to be able to be made into electronics and that kind of thing. But in order for it to be used in those ways, it has to be purified. And how is gold purified? Well, it's purified by being placed under the flame, by being placed into the heat. And as it is placed under that flame, as it, as it heats and as it melts, then the impurities, what? They come to the surface. And they're able to be skimmed off the surface so that that which you are left with is a much more purified and a, and a much more precious gold than that which you had before it was placed in the flame, before it was placed on, upon the heat. And, and so when we are put to the test, when our life is put to the flame, it has the effect of removing that which was there that was that was uh, the, the the impurities of our life that which was uh, that which you know which God would want to remove from us it often takes that trial and it takes that flame of life it takes the hardships in order for that to be brought out of our life and so often it is the trials of life that actually are what bring us closer to the Lord and if we're going to be honest with ourselves this morning we know that to be the truth we know that it is in the difficult days of life. It's through um, the difficult health diagnosis. It's through um, the, the loss of a loved one. It's through the loss of a job. It's through those difficult days that we actually do always draw closer to the Lord because we spend more time in prayer, because we really dig into the scriptures, not just to go through our daily quiet time, but I'm looking for an answer today. And we're digging deep and we're saying, Lord, speak to me. I, I need to know something today. I need to hear something today. We draw closer during those difficult days. And so in the valleys of life, we're reminded of several different truths that we often will forget during the easier parts of life. And so first we, we're reminded that Jesus is always with us sometimes we forget that but when we're going through the difficult day we're reminded that Jesus is always with us it reminds me of of the disciples in the storm in John chapter 6 uh, beginning there in verse 16 he says and when even was was now come his disciples went down into the sea and entering into a ship and they went over the sea toward Capernaum and it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew, so that when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, 
they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. But secondly, we're reminded that even our valleys are planned by the Lord. Even our valleys are planned by the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Not that life is going to be easy, but God knows what he's doing. And his plan is perfect, and it is for our good and his glory. But also, thirdly, we're reminded that our trials are helping us grow in the Lord. Our trials are helping us to grow in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Again, God knows what, he do, what he's doing, and he is growing you. Fourthly, we're reminded that something better is waiting for us just down the way. Something better is awaiting us just down the way. Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What God has in store for us is so much greater. And then fifthly, we're reminded that even when times are bad, God is still good. Job chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Then Job arose, and he rent his mantle, and he shaved his head, and he fell down upon the ground, and he worshipped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to tell you this morning that the trials and the valleys of life are fun because they're not. Because the trials and the valleys of this life are actually no fun at all, are they? For those of us who have been through them or are currently walking through them, we will testify they are no fun. They hurt, and they hurt deeply. We'd all rather be spared having to go through them. But when we have gone through the valley, and we've, when we've come out on the other side of that valley, we will know the Lord better than we could ever otherwise, and we will be stronger in the faith than we ever would have been. Think about throughout Scripture what the times of trial and persecution and heartbreak Think about what those meant to the saints throughout the Old and New Testament. For instance, we go back to the disciples. The disciples would never have known that Jesus could walk on water if there hadn't been a storm. Think about the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would never have known that the Lord would walk with them in the midst of the fire if there hadn't been a fiery furnace. Same about Noah. Noah would never have known that God could keep him safe in the ark if there had never been a flood. Mary and Martha would never have known that Jesus could raise the dead if their brother, Lazarus, hadn't died. The 5,000 would never have known that Jesus could feed the multitude if they first had not become hungry and so the list could go on but the truth is plain to see 
that many times that mountaintop moment comes because we've been through the trial, because we've been through the valley. It is only then that we experience, oh, wow, that's what my God can do. That's what he desires to accomplish in my life. The valley shows us a side of God that we would never otherwise have known. But secondly, look with me at 1 Peter 1, verse 19. And we see precious promises in the blood. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter tells us that the blood of Jesus is a precious substance. He means that it is something that is of great price and it is to be held in honor. It's to be held in great esteem. What is it about the blood of Jesus that makes it so special? Well, first of all, it is the price of redemption. What would possibly be valuable enough to pay our sin debt and to satisfy the just demands of a righteous God? What could possibly be valuable enough to pay that debt? Well, God himself tells us in 1 Peter 1.19, the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It is the only substance that is valuable enough to pay our sin debt and to set us free. But also, secondly, it is the proof of God's love for us. Think about that. Think about what Paul tells us in Romans 5, 8. But God commandeth his love towards us, and then while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. God's love for us is not dependent upon how much we love him. Because when we were yet in our sin, when we were yet still his enemy, we're told that that is the moment when God showed us his love. That is when he shed his blood. Not when we decided to clean ourselves up and put on our Sunday clothes and present ourselves as righteous. No, while we were still yet in sin. And so it is the proof of God's love. But thirdly, it is the only, listen to me, it is the only, capital O, capital N, capital L, capital Y, the only substance known to God or man that can cleanse away our sins. Revelation Chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loveth us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But fifthly, I want you to see it as the only pure blood ever shed because it was offered by the innocent man. You see, Jesus' blood and his death were accepted in place of our own by the Father in heaven because the Son is the sinless Lamb of God. That's why. Because of who Jesus is. His blood is precious. Since the blood of Jesus is precious, it deserves to be cherished by the believer. You know, in our churches, we make much of the cross in our churches today. However, the mere cross doesn't save anyone. Just a cross, just a wooden cross doesn't save anyone. Because there were thousands of people who were crucified on wooden Roman crosses and not a one of their deaths 
made a difference for any of our sins. So it's not just a wooden cross that makes the difference. It is what happened at the cross of Jesus when he died for our sins that makes all the difference. It is the fact that the Lamb of God poured out his life, that he shed his blood upon that cross to atone for our sins and to redeem us, to forgive us, that makes all the difference. It's because of Jesus that we are saved. There's some that would like to take the blood out of the gospel because they're uncomfortable with it. They would feel much more comfortable without the blood in our hymns, without the blood in our choruses. There are those that would like us to preach a dry cleaned plan of salvation that contains no references to the blood of Jesus. They're okay with us talking about Jesus, but leave that gory stuff out. Don't talk so much about the blood. You sound so old-fashioned and backward. But my friends, listen to me. Without the blood of Jesus, we have no gospel. We must see to it that the shed blood of Jesus continues to be shared with a lost and a dying world because without the blood of Jesus, there is no salvation. It is the blood of Jesus alone which makes me right with God. It's his blood, his precious blood. And we need to cherish, protect, and proclaim the blood of Jesus. But thirdly, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verses 6 through 7. And we see precious promise of a Savior. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So now Peter moves on to tell us that Jesus himself is precious. The world would reject this, but, but it is true. The word of God that is used here refers to a thing that is of immense value. Peter is telling us that Jesus is valuable. He's valuable to the believer. In fact, his value is to us beyond all human comprehension. As a purchased possession of the Lord Jesus Christ myself, I want you to see just in my own life why I view Jesus as being so precious. First of all, because he loves me. He loves me, but also because he cares about me. Because he understands my needs because he always is near to help me and because he paid the ultimate price to save me and so you can't put a price on something like that men will fail you those who you love most dearly will fail you but people all around you um, they promise and yet they'll let you down but there is a precious savior and his name is Jesus, and he will never let you down. He will never break a promise. He will always understand what you are going through. He is a precious Savior. And one more thing that makes him precious to me is the fact that when I came to him for salvation as a nine-year-old boy, carrying all the junk and the sin in my life, having nothing really to offer up to him, he still wanted me. He still desired a relationship with me. And he, he didn't turn me away, but he saved me by his grace. And since then, there have been so many times that I have failed him. 
so many times that he has given me opportunities to share the gospel and I've squandered them. I've wasted them. But not once has the Lord turned me away when I've come back with a repentant heart. Every time, like the father of the prodigal son, his arms have been wide open and he has embraced me. He has been faithful to forgive and to restore all that which I've broken in my foolishness. And when these things are all added up, it's easy to see why he is called precious as my Savior. But fourthly, I want you to look with me at 2 Peter. 2 Peter, the first verse of chapter 1. We see precious promises of our faith. 2 Peter 1.1 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So now Peter moves on to tell us that our faith, that is our system of belief, is a precious thing as well. Many of us grew up hearing about the cross and the blood and the plan of salvation and how it made possible our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that a lot of us that grew up in a Southern Baptist church hearing that Sunday morning and Sunday night and, and Wednesday night and through vac vacation Bible school and two revivals a year, it becomes so commonplace that we don't view it as precious anymore. Like a, a jeweler who deals with, with fine diamonds every day, just how precious that which he holds becomes lost because it's just always there but to the rest of us wow that's a diamond that's a that's a two three four carat diamond wow we we see it as precious because we don't get to see it all that often but I'm afraid so often we, we we've seen the word and heard the word and, and and been surrounded by the word so much that we might lose just how precious it truly is you see our faith is precious because it is the only one that is valid in the eyes of God. All the people involved in all the other false religions and systems of belief in our world today are being deceived by their faith and doctrines that will fail them. And there are billions of people who are being led astray. There is one, there is only one means of salvation, and that is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus makes that clear to us in John chapter 14, verse 6, when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man, no woman, no boy, no girl will come to the Father except through me. There is only one way. No matter how sincere you are about whatever other system of belief that you have, it won't matter because there's only one way. And that one way, his name is Jesus. Our faith is precious because it is free. It's precious because it's open to all. It's precious because it is complete. It's precious because it is totally the work of God. It is precious because it is foolproof. It's precious because it's eternal. And listen to me, church. It's precious because it's something that can be lived. And all those other false systems of religion... They all have something in common. And what they all have in common is that they all are centered around us doing our best to work our way up to God. If we just live good enough, if we're religious enough, if, if we have enough good karma, it, all these different ways that we, we're trying to be good enough. 
trying to, be, trying to be good enough to the planet, trying to be good enough to one another, trying to be good enough to the gods that we've created with our own hands and, and in our own minds. It's all about us working our way to them. Here's the problem with that. I would always be worried that I'd left something out, wouldn't you? I'd always be worried that I hadn't done one or two things just right and that when the scales are balanced, whoa, I'm going to be woefully short. And because I left something out that I'm going to end up being left out. Wouldn't you? If it was up to you to work your way to God, don't you think you'd be worried that you might have left something out? Our salvation, on the other hand, has been paid in full. And we have been given the internal guide to help us to understand this roadmap, the Bible. And he's going to get us home. I'm so thankful that our God, he doesn't just depend on me doing my best to get to him, but he's come down and he's taken up residence within me. And because of that, I don't have to worry about missing anything. Because all that is lacking in me, and oh, there is so much that is lacking. He is more than sufficient. Considering the precious nature of our faith, we should never be guilty of taking it for granted. But we should promote it and protect it and and do all that we can to share it. You see, our exclusive faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation is under attack today in this world. I don't know, have you noticed that? That, that the fact that we consider Jesus Christ the only way, that, that we preach that Jesus Christ the only way, that's not exactly a popular message today. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, maybe you haven't been trying to share the faith. If you have, you've noticed that. It's not popular to tell people that they are wrong. No, there's only one way. There's only one way, and his name's Jesus. We're called intolerant. We're called narrow-minded because we say that Jesus is the only way for a person to be saved. However, here's the thing. The Bible tells us that we're totally right, that there is only one way. Now, the nightly news tells you you're wrong. Social media will oftentimes tell you that you're wrong. Your best friend may say, man, you're just wrong. You can't, you can't believe that way. But the Bible, the Word of God, tells us that not just that we're right, but that God is right. Therefore, we must cherish our faith. How? By living for Jesus with every fiber of our being. By cherishing and seeing the value in the things that He has given to us. By protecting the faith and passing it on to the next generation. You hear me? We've got to see church as more important than extracurriculars. I'm not going to get on that soapbox. But precious is our faith. Faith is a precious thing, therefore let us ever seek to treat it so. But then lastly, look with me at 2 Peter 1, verse 4. Precious promises of God. 2 Peter 1, 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of that is in the world through lust. Peter's last statement about precious things is found here in, in chapter 1, verse 4 of Second Peter. And he tells us that there are some promises of God that are valuable and are to be held in great esteem. And that's what we've seen this morning. And so we've, we've touched on most of this, but there is the promise of his love. There is the promise of his presence there's the promise of his provision there's the promise of his grace and there's the promise of heaven there are over 7,000 promises and again I'm not all that great at counting 
So at least 7,000. If, if I'm wrong, you tell me tonight after you've counted them. 7,000 promises contained in the scriptures. And every promise God has ever made, he will bring to pass. Because he's a promise-keeping God. He will never lie. Why? Because he can't. He can't lie. He will never be found unfaithful. Why? Because he has the power to do what he's promised. I, I can promise you everything in the world, but you know what? I, a lot of that stuff I can't carry out because I don't have the power to do it. I, I'd love to promise you a million dollars. It's not going to do you any good. I don't have it. And I probably wouldn't give it to you anyway. Um, but he does have it. And he has given it to us. If God has promised it, you can take it to the bank. It's yours. It's yours. Because we are co-heirs with Christ. You guys are asleep. Wake up, all right? You are co-heirs with Christ. Do you know what that means? What the Son has inherited, you have too. You don't deserve that. I don't deserve that, but it is the promise of God. And that's an awesome thing. In this world in which we live, there aren't a lot of things that we can hold on to. There's not a whole lot of things that are going to last forever. Let me just tell you, people change their minds. Their promises will fail. But the promises of God, they are forever. You can hold on to them, for they shall never fail. And that makes them very precious. It makes them very valuable to us as children of God. I think it is plain to see this morning that God has indeed given us some very precious promises. I wonder this morning, are you cherishing those promises as you should? Are you guarding them and, and, and protecting them and passing them on to the next generation? But also I wonder this morning, do you know personally those promises? Do you have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? We've gone through five different services this past week, and the plan of salvation has been given. And some of you have sat there lost through every invitation of the Lord. I just want you to know that's very dangerous. Very dangerous thing to do. When the Lord is speaking to you, when the Lord is striving with you and saying, I love you and I want a relationship with you and I want you to know these promises and you continue to push him away, do you know what happens? Slowly but surely, like the heart of Pharaoh, you become callous to the call of God. And I'm not trying to scare you, I'm trying to warn you. That God is calling today is the day to say yes. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Would you come today? Would you come today? Would you say yes to him? You don't have to understand everything. That's what we're here for. We want to disciple you. We want to help you understand the word of God. But you need to come. You need to recognize your sin. You need to repent, meaning you need to turn away from it. And you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to place your faith in him. Is that you today? Some of you know it needs to be. Some of you know that you need to say yes to Jesus today. If it's you, here in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to start to sing. If I see you start coming, I'm going to come to you, okay? You're not going to be alone. You come. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we thank you. I thank you for these precious promises.
Lord, that we can hold on to. And Lord, we've looked at five out of over 7,000. Lord, you're a God who loves us. And so there's no reason that we should put off coming to you. Lord, there's no reason that we should put off today what you've called us to. And so, Lord, I pray that even now that you're working on the hearts and lives of individuals and that the lost right now are thinking, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And I'm going to begin this relationship that's going to change everything because it is. Lord, but also today I know there's some folks that need to say yes to becoming a member of this church family. Lord, there's some things that you want them doing they can't do just sitting in a pew. And so, Lord, I pray that you would you'd urge them to, to make that decision and to get plugged in. Lord, there's some folks that just need to come to this altar and they need to thank you for these precious promises. And they need to commit themselves to, to handing down these promises, to teaching them to the next generation. Lord, there are many needs in this place. And I couldn't name them all if we stood here for the next hour. But Lord, you're speaking to hearts. And so I just need to get out of the way. And let you do what only you can do. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.